Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jamie Creel with Shelter Insurance. Come see how we've built a name that you can trust and why it is a must to get your free quote today with our Switch and Save. Located in Ridgeland and Florida, Mississippi, give us a call, 601-992-6000. Welcome to Weekend Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mama's on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome into Weekend Gardening. Oh, my goodness, it's hot outside. Who lived here before there was air conditioning? Why did they live here? Well, that would be my mother. Mm -hmm. Block of ice, fan running. Hello, the baby came today. It's my birthday. Thank you all so much. You all been really sweet. Lots and lots of wishes. I, I woke up this morning to wishes from an, an editor of mine who is my birthday mate that lives in Portugal now. It's already the middle of the afternoon there. They're having cake you know, to celebrate his birthday. So it's really sweet. It's a fun day. It's one of those things that uh, I tell my kids, thank you so much for having a birthday. You know, thank you for letting me be, be your mom. Um, I think my mother would feel that way, but I know that the, the part of the summer that got me here was long and hot. And today is a good day for me to say to you, if you are ignoring your garden because it is too hot to go out and do anything, that's okay. Except, except if you wanted to continue to survive until the next rain. Now, good news is. I'm probably going to have rain at my house this over this weekend some point. You may too. You may not. The bad news is the trees and the lawn are going to get most of it, so you may still have to water those containers and the pots that are underneath the plants, rather, that are underneath the trees and the ones that are in the beds, particularly if you just put them in in the last, say, year or year and a half. It's really important to keep things hydrated at this point so you don't have losses later that you can't explain. That and all sorts of other interesting tips come your way here on Weekend Gardening because I am, in fact, your garden mama, Nellie Neal. Thank you very, very much for turning on the radio today, for firing up the computer, for opening the app, however you got here. And whenever you listen, you know, this program comes around a few more times. You can get it on demand at supertalk.fm. And, of course, you can hear the rebroadcast or the podcast. I'm everywhere. Every now and then I'll get a note from someone and they say, I can't find you. Are you still on the radio? Where are you? I go, well, you obviously need to subscribe to All Things Garden Mama Weekly because you don't know where I am. You'll know where I am all the time. In fact, I'll be in your email box every Friday if you do that. And the way to reach me, you can find out more about everything I do at Linktree slash Garden Mama, backslash Garden Mama. Or you can just send me an email, mamaonair at yahoo.com. Now, let's get to this particular day. I want to know what's blooming i want to know what's winning the race in your garden and i want to know what's giving you the most trouble triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven that is the super talk call line six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five of course is the ceasefire text line y'all are really kind to heat that up all the time um paula from caldonia oh we're having watermelon love <laughs> thank you so much yes we are Fun stuff today. Now, what's winning in my garden, and you may or may not agree with these choices, but I have a lot of things planted in my front bed. 
And as the magnolia tree that I did not plant has grown and begun to shade things, I have beautiful hydrangeas underneath there. I have a lovely mahonia, the, the soft, the caress one that has the real soft leaves. That's a nice plant. That's under there. Of course, in that same bed in the back and still sprawling all over the place is Peggy Martin's rose. She just she blooms because she sprawls out into the yard and everywhere else. But in the front of the bed, I had an installation of some really beautiful perennial hibiscus, one of the lunas with the big purple flowers, and I had blue salvias. But as the shade has encroached, they have gotten to be just about entirely green, and the best part of that bed now is the limelight hydrangea in the sun in the front. It is spectacular, with Clara Curtis coming up underneath it, and of course Caldwell Pink, my favorite little rose, blooming out on the edge of that bed. The Vitex up behind it, so so the bees are everywhere. The whole front yard hums, and I have to tell you, I didn't. I, I plant things. I'm not a designer. I've said that to you. I collect plants, and sometimes they do well, sometimes they don't. But in this case, I really like this particular arrangement. I think it has done well for me. Okay. Good ideas. Will is here today, so when you call, you'll talk to him first. Um, you know, when the big guy gets here, it's you know that um, I'm special. So thank you, Will. Appreciate seeing you today. Let's talk with Ronnie in Sumrall. Ah, oh, Sumrall, what a nice place. Welcome in, Ronnie. Thanks for calling Weekend Gardening. Good morning. Howdy. Good to be on the show and appreciate the, being able to call. Thank you. I try to make this quick. I got two or three little quick questions here. One, I've got two blueberry bushes. They're side by side, and one of them is, they're, they're small. They're probably around two foot tall. One of them is just green and put on blueberries this year. And the other one beside it, uh, I say beside it, probably only about three feet away. Uh, it's always kind of pale and yellow. It's still alive, but there's no blueberries on it. And I, I fertilize it and, you know, try to do everything I can to humor it along, but nothing seems to change. What do you fertilize them with? Well, I've got some natural compost that I've made, mm-hmm. and then I've got some miracle Grow. I put that on there as well. Okay. Um, let me give you this suggestion. Is there grass growing up underneath the blueberries, or are they in a row together? Like a bed, you know? No, there's no grass. There's, okay. Yeah, I've got them in a bed, and I've got some pine straw around them. Okay, good. Th- those are all good things. I'm going to suggest that right now, even though that particular one didn't do what it was supposed to do, go ahead and prune it just like you would anyway. Take just a few inches off of every branch all the way around all over that plant that did not do well for you. And then okay. I want to add I want to add one other fertilizer to this mix, and that's going to be something by Espoma or somebody that 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 is an organic source because I know you like to use that. Miracle Grow makes an organic fertilizer, and if you can find it, that's a good one too. But you, what you need is something that's going to add more organic matter into the soil. So that's I, I think your compost is a great idea. I think the pine straw is a great idea. Now we just need to kind of kick it off with some fertilizer and see if we can't get that plant to to grow a bit more this summer and catch up with its friend. Okay. All okay. right. Now, next thing real quick. Uh, I've got a fig tree. I told you about this once before. I had it in a spot, and it never did do anything. I moved it, and it just took off like a rocket. It's probably 10 feet tall, eight at least 8 to 10 feet tall now. It's been there about four years. 
and it hasn't put on any sticks yet at all. Mm-hmm. Does it? Um, uh, does it get full sun? It's wide open sun. Yep. Okay. I think the only thing you need to do for this plant is is probably prune it next January. And and we would usually say prune, take out any dead growth, of course, take out anything that's, you know, where something's crisscrossing and blocking sunlight from getting into the canopy. But sometimes figs just need to be pruned all over a little bit, and that'll kick them off. Um, there's not a particular okay. fertilizer. Your fertilizer plans are fine, but I would not give it any more compost or any more nitrogen until after you prune next year because we, we've got obviously got enough leaf growth. We just are in need of the other, and, and kicking it off will probably be all it takes. But that'll be in January. Yeah, I did that back. I did that back this past January because mm-hmm. I called you about it before. Okay, and still. Well, in that case, in in that case, um, if you have a granular fertilizer that you can put around it at this point in the summertime, that'll help it grow. It's not going to make it make figs this year, but get something that's got phosphorus and potassium in it. You probably got it in the Miracle Grow, or you got it in something else. The problem with using the solubles, using the Miracle Grows that you mix with water, or the Schultz, or you know any of the the the, the flower ramas and all of those other things, is that they they go away very quickly. They're soluble. They're literally water soluble. So. So you you may yeah. want to get something else that has a little bit longer life, so you don't have to do it so often. Gotcha. Got time for one quick, more one more quick sure. question? Sure. All right. I've got this um, uh, kind of a small tree that I planted. Got it from uh, you know the uh, uh, Arbor Day Foundation, mm-hmm. and it's got some like cobwebs, spider webs growing up in the top of it. It's probably around six foot tall and last year I mean it's just like a big thick mass of it so I kind of just clipped the whole top of it off and the tree's still continuing to grow but I noticed within the last month this mass of whatever it is moths or butterflies or mm-hmm. probably not butterflies but worms or something mm-hmm. starting to build another big matted nest up in there. Mm-hmm. Webworms are a real what, common problem. Webworms are not an uncommon problem in the summertime. And of course the issue is that unless we cut them out or get them out physically, they literally they're they're built so that they shed everything we might spray on them. <laughs> so that's it doesn't help them yeah. too much for that. And in fact they they're built also they they're they've learned to build themselves so that they don't tear apart in a rainstorm very often. So the best suggestion since your tree is only this tall is to take something like cheesecloth, you know, like you would use in the kitchen, wrap it around the end of a broom uh-huh. and stick it in the middle of that thing, wrap it up and get it out of there. And that's really gotcha, the best, gotcha, con- okay. physical is the best control for it. And since you can reach it, that's even better. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Okay. Thanks a lot. Appreciate Thank you, that. Ronnie. Take care. Love here. Those are good questions. That kind of ran us around the, the garden in a quick way. That's fun. I like that. Um, let's see. <laughs> I'm not sure. I think this is, who is this, Andrew? Hey, Andrew. Um, the, the yellow Smith County watermelons are quite a few places. The, the one, the picture that you're referring to that I took was at the Piggly Wiggly in, in my neighborhood in Fondren. But I, last week somebody said they were at Freshway, and someone else has already sent me a note today to say that they are um, – at, at the farmer's market in Jackson. I don't know any of those things to be true. I'm just repeating gossip that people have passed along to me. Obviously, if we were in Smith County, we could find some. <laughs> so, for those of you who don't know this saga, as a child of the South, yellow meat watermelon is my favorite. I know. Don't hate. Everybody has, gets to have a choice. And 
every year since I've gotten to Mississippi, one of the great joys of having a summer birthday in Mississippi, where I first discovered yellow watermelon as a child every summer on the Gulf Coast, is has been that I get to have that melon. This year, they're $20 at my grocery store, and I couldn't do it. <laughs> so for those of you who are enjoying it today, have a bite for me and know that I'll be back around one day very soon, I'm sure. I think I'm going to probably go today because I don't think anybody else has bought them. They probably reduced by this afternoon. <laughs> I can get that. Um, let's see. I have to look. David's in Stone County. This is a really nice space, but it's staying too wet. And the the, but what a great space! I'm gonna look at that during the break when I can get up closer to the computer um, and and give you an opinion about what to do. Okay, okay, y'all are so fun. Well, you know, we all realize that gardening takes guts. And this has been one of the great celebrations of the last several years is all of the research that has been done into our gut biota and the ways that it makes us stronger, less depressed, live longer, be happier, all of those things that have been related to what's going on in your gut. Now, finally, because you knew somebody had to do it, the study has been done at the Max Planck. Uh, those folks have, have made substantial progress in understanding how. We understood the what, we understood the where, but we got to understand the how in order to really affect other people. One of the things that has been real funny for me in in from the same person who I, I think is the same person who said first gardening takes guts and sent that to me to use has also said if you ever if you look at all the different probiotics that people want you to take, we obviously are all different because there's a billion different ones, and I believe that that that's part of why this research team um, for the Max Planck Institute for Biology has been working on understanding how it happens, how all this goes, how they succeed in their human hosts at the molecular level because that's really the only place where we can look at things and they actually make some sense to folks to say, okay, then this product would have that and this product would have this and this this food would bring you that and this one wouldn't and all those kinds of things. So the bacteria and the fungi, all the microorganisms that really take care of your gut and run the rest of your body in many, many ways are absolutely trying to get together and sometimes we as humans are not allowing that to happen. So what the researchers are trying to do is not only identify what's there, but figure out how they interact so that it can make better sense to everybody. And I, I just, that's brilliant. Um, obviously, this, this particular bunch of lipids that we talk about here all the time play important roles in our cellular life. Yeah, that's right. We all are basically cells. And in humans and other non-bacterial life forms, these lipids play the role of signals. You know, so if your signals are muddled, you're not getting the right message. And if your your signals are, are clean, or that is to say, if your biota are working, then you're probably the rest of your body is going to have better messages. It's really very exciting. Um, imbalances are a mess. They, they lead to all sorts of problems. Lisa's in Jackson on the text line today. She has, um, yeah, she has circospora leaf spot on her hydrangeas. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Um, everybody's got it. It's a wet weather thing. And in, when if, it's, if it rains three times a week in June at your house, 
or if you have excessive overhead irrigation and your plants are very crowded, as we love hydrangeas to be because they're so pretty when they're like that, we oftentimes can end up with circus spore leaf spot. It's not going to kill the plant, but it will ruin some of the leaves. And if you are wise, you will go and pluck those leaves off and get rid of them. And this is also, of course, as the flowers are finishing, I'm sorry the flowers are turning brown quickly, but that's part of the result of the leaf spot, as well as really hot weather, and that'll do it too. But this is the time to do the pruning on the hydrangeas anyway. So take off all of those bad leaves, get them out of the garden. Don't don't throw them on the ground or put them in the mulch pile or throw them in the compost or any of that. they got to get out of there. And then go ahead and prune the plants a little bit including pruning them so they're not quite so thick in the middle of their leaves. You may have to take out a branch or two here and there just to get a little more air circulation going. And then if the weather continues to rain two or three times a week at your house, or if you have to use overhead irrigation, in other words, if the the conditions that precipitate this continue, then that's really the time to go ahead and start using a fungicide about every 10 days. And a lot of folks do that because theirs are planted, for example, where they're only getting about two hours of morning sun, but they have filtered light all day. They will bloom, but the conditions just stay so wet that they end up with Circospora, and that's the point where we say, well, we're going to treat it or we're not, and many of them decide to do that. Okay? It works. You know, it's a it's one of those plants. i got to tell you, I love having shade-loving hydrangeas, the, the blue ones, you know, the big mop heads. Um, or, or as we call them, or big ball hydrangeas, depending on what who's, who's naming your plants. But it's hydrangea macrophylla. Those are the shade lovers, morning sun only and all that sort of thing. You put them where they're going to get afternoon sun, they're going to wilt every day of the life and really depress you when you drive up and see them. Limelight, on the other hand, is a sun-loving hydrangea. And it makes me smile. Right now, this time of year, drive up to it, and it is in full tilt bloom all day long. Beautiful, beautiful plants. Love those hydrangeas. Love you, too. This is Weekend Gardening. Helping Mississippians with disabilities prepare for the job market as well as live independently in their homes and communities, this is what we do at the Mississippi Department of Rehab Services. Hi, I'm Chris Howard, Executive Director. The resources provided through our office helps families by providing things like personal care attendance, home modifications, career guidance and counseling, job supports, and so much more. You'll never know how we might be able to help you until you connect with us. Please visit mdrs.ms.gov to find an office closest to you. I think the teacher's asleep. Looks like he's dreaming. Man, I can't wait to hang up my team mascot. <laughs> I-, I think he's having a nightmare. No, this is part of his lesson plan. He's trying to show us that calling Mississippi 811 before you dig is so easy, you can do it with your eyes closed. Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injuries. The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th & Gold Sports Cafe. The wings, the chicken tenders and bites, fried or grilled, and the best specialty pizzas in the metro. Call 769-208-8283. That's 769-208-8283. 769-208-8283. 
Garden Mama here for Lakeland Yard and Garden. Now is the time to get to Lakeland Yard and Garden for the largest selection of patio furniture and accessories for outdoor and indoor living areas. Lakeland has everything you need from umbrellas and replacement cushions to beautiful fountains and stepping stones. You'll find Komodo Joe grills, Yeti coolers, and great collegiate gift items. The expert staff at Lakeland is happy to guide you through their large nursery stock of bedding plants, perennials, tropicals, and more. Be sure to get your soils and mulches. Many are sold by the bag or in bulk, and Lakeland Yard and Garden even offers local delivery. Lakeland Yard and Garden, growing your way and serving you for over 43 years. Listen to your mama now and call 601-939-7304. Visit online at lakelandyardandgarden.com and stop by Lakeland Yard and Garden. Lakeland Drive at Airport Road. Hi, this is Thomas Trammell with Family Termite, and I have an important message for you. After this year's record-breaking snowstorm, termites will most likely be swarming in historical numbers in an effort to recolonize and replace parts of their colonies ravished by the extreme weather. Family Termite offers free termite initial inspections and competitive pricing. Call Family Termite today at 601-933-1014 and let us protect your home because we hate termites more than you do. Furnished by Finish Line Tax Solutions. If you're getting letters from the IRS, call us immediately. The IRS is the only entity in the country that can seize assets without a court order. If you call us in time, then we know where they're at and we can intervene before anything damaging occurs. If you don't deal with your IRS problem, then they're going to take your paycheck, they're going to drain your bank account, and they may even take your house. Call for your free tax relief information now. 800-801-4950. 800-801-4950. What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? What? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth. Hey, there's hair on my head again. If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other. Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com. Hey, this is Bob, and if you're like me, you like dealing with local people. Majestic Metals was founded in Mississippi in 1954 and are headquartered right in Gluckstadt. For complete metal building systems and steel roofing and siding, call the hometown folks. Majestic Metals, 800-647-8540 or online at MajesticMetalsINC.com. This whole bean discussion that's been going on here for three or four weeks now um, has led me to go and look at the various ratings of beans in terms of their proteinaceousness. I hate to tell you this, lima beans are not that great, (laughs) but we're going to eat them anyway. (laughs) Yeah, we all know edamame, soybeans, edible soybeans are the top of that whole chart. So anyway, just something else to think about. But oh my goodness. 
Do you remember the first time somebody fed you succotash and you realized that the texture differences were actually something that you liked? I was a kid. I didn't like all that. I liked peanut butter and jelly. I didn't like preserves because I didn't like it to have the, the other textures in it. But succotash was a different story entirely. David is on the text line, and he's in Stone County. This is a beautiful bed he's got in front of the house, and I, I love this. It, it's it's too wet out, but that part's going to have gutters, and so that's wonderful. I, I'm not going to take those rocks out at all, David. I'm going to go in with containers, and here's why. First of all, you're in charge of what you'd want to plant, and you can change it anytime you want to. If you want to put in a couple of vegetable bed, vegetable boxes, or you want to put in a couple of seriously shrub things that are going to be there permanently with annuals around them, you can do all of those things in containers that are going to look beautiful here, take advantage of your morning sun, and frankly be lovely and easier to take care of than beds that would be right there outside the front door. So that's what I'm going for. I'm going for practicality. You can build planters in it, or you can add pots to it, or both, and I think it's going to be beautiful. I love that. From Monroe County comes a question about peaches, and this is a this is a really good one. It, it happens a lot. Um, not an unusual sight to see. There's there's shot hole. There's, it's a bacterial. Well, what here's what's going on. Let me not try and go too far into this. They've sprayed with sulfur. They've sprayed with Captain Jacks, which of course is spinosad. And the the old damage has shot holes in it and red bumps and those kind of all that stuff that goes along with any sort of really peach problems. Um, we're not up to peach leaf curl yet with this, but there's there's fungus diseases, there's bacterial diseases, and there's also insects that are just going to find the peach. They love those peaches as much as you do. Unfortunately, they love the leaves, so you don't get your peaches. Most of the time, unless you do the spray program that begins at flowering. Okay. So, yes, you have done the right things. And the new the new leaves are seriously the much better off. They look beautiful. And that's great. But here's the other thing. This is not going to stop the problem. So, what I want to add to your list of things to do, like you needed any more stuff on your list, is to spray when the leaves, two-thirds of the leaves have fallen off in this, this autumn, and be sure you rake all the leaves up and get them out. Don't use them for mulch because they're, they are infected. And then, after all the leaves are off and the tree is completely dormant, you, you do want to do your regular spraying and, I mean, regular pruning like you would, but also spray with horticultural oil. And then come back again one more time with the, the, the sulfur when you get the very beginnings, when they're starting to swell up right before the leaves come out, spray again. Okay? So that's three things. You're doing fine right now. This fall, when the leaves fall off, half, two-thirds of them, something like that, spray again with the sulfur combinations, and then do that again in the springtime. But in between, right after you prune, spray with the horticultural oil. Okay? It's a lot to do, but it's peaches, and they're worth it. They're absolutely worth it. Let's see. Um, Bill in Poplarville. Well, hello. Welcome in. The, the, the fruits are pale green on his cucumbers. Everything else is good. What happened? Um, sometimes that's a heat reaction. 
Sometimes you will see cucumbers that end up being just, they don't have enough leaves over them to shade the fruit itself. And it's not necessarily ruining the fruit. It just discolors it. Sometimes, though, it can be a nutritional thing. If you're only feeding, for example, if you're only feeding a nitrogen fertilizer, the color that the fruit gets is not going to be as good as if you're using something that is complete, that has nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium in it. Okay? Um, I don't know of anything else that would cause that. It's usually physical. And in this case, more than likely physical. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Lots of rose questions in my world this week. I don't know how your roses are doing. I've got, um, I have two or three that are blooming, and I have two or three that are sitting there staring at me and wish I would deadhead them and other things. But I had not had any questions about knockouts in so long that I thought I would share these with you. Um, The beautiful yellow sunny knockout is one of the prettiest things. It's a beautiful rose. But, yes, it's a little bit shall we say finickier than red knockouts for the most part red knockouts can take more than than you're going to do to them they my famous story here is that i watched the guy with my superior attitude i watched this guy pruning knockout roses with a chainsaw and i thought well that's gone they're still there he does it every year now the bottom is like two feet across now you know it's a huge trunk because he's cut them down so many times but they are right under the level of the fence and obviously that's where he want them that's not where red knockout roses need to grow <laughs> but he has adapted them and i was proven wrong as i am by so many things that happen in the natural world so the yellow ones don't have that kind of vigor i'm I'm 89% sure that if you prune the yellow knockout with a chainsaw, you won't see it again because it's just not as hardy. And at this point in the year, if it's in a spot that's not full, full sun, they do get some browning or they do get some leaves, you know, good old fashioned fungus on them. So the two things that have happened to this friend of mine's knockout sunny has been that the leaves have turned kind of brown first on one side. So she plucked all of those off, and then the new leaves came out, and it kept raining at her place, and eventually those all got black spot. So she wanted to know, what should I do about this now? Okay, well, you've gotten all the damage off. That's the good news. But what you need to do next is to keep the plants well watered and give them a half-strength dose of fertilizer, not a whole one, deadhead those old flowers, and a little bit more. Go down a little bit down the stem just so that we're getting into clean material. Of course, when you're pruning anything that has trouble, keep yourself a cup of bleach and water together and dip your shears in between each cut so that you can keep things sanitary, all right? Now, if you've got more black spot than you want and it keeps raining, use fungicide made for roses a couple of times, about 10 days apart, and you should be seeing new growth at that point that won't give you as much trouble. Another thing that happens, though, in wet weather with roses, not knockouts so much, but other roses, particularly pink and white ones, um, their their buds just don't ever open, and they actually get kind of gray and crusty looking on there. That's botrytis blight. That happens in... For example, a seed flat that stays too wet, you'll see gray all over the top of it. And in this case, it, it is indeed um, it's staying too wet. But it's also material that is so tender in that same way. The little new buds are so tender that they can't fight it off. So you got to remove all that 
if the if the damage goes far down the cane, you may need to take the whole cane out, and that's really the best control. That that good kind of sanitation because the weather change is what's going to make the biggest difference in that. Okay. That's really fun. Um, it's really it's a beautiful time to look at roses and enjoy them, but when they're not doing so great, mm, not so good, you know. Oh my goodness, we all y'all send the best things. <laughs> y'all send the most fun things. <laughs> oh goodness gracious, Homer! Thank you for calling. What's going on with your tomatoes? Ah, uh, Miss Neal. Yes, sir. I have a. I bought four, I didn't raise a lot of tomatoes. I got four different plants to get seed varieties. And on one of them is, is I think it's Jeff's, Jeff something. But anyway, it, it's got tomatoes on it. Mm-hmm. Jet set, maybe? Bunch of them, they're doing good. Mm-hmm. The problem is one of them has, Two big tomatoes, the, uh, one of the other one has two big tomatoes at the bottom. It's actually blooming at the top. It's not producing any. The, the blooms are just, you know, turning brown. And mm-hmm. I got another one that gets bloomed on them, and that, it don't even have tomatoes on it. It's just blooming, and the blooms are dying. Mm-hmm. Is, it, is it fertilizer? What, what do I need, you think? It's hot nights. Um, tell me when you planted the plants. Uh, Late April, maybe May. Right now. Around May. Yeah. Late, somewhere was, in there. Yeah, okay. it, was, they, it was late April. Okay. They, they could have made, and obviously some did make fruit, but when we get into nights where the, the temperature is above 70 degrees, it's really hard for mm-hmm. the tomato to set. Now, do the leaves look good? Leaves look great. Okay. That's all you need to do. Keep that going. Keep watering and fertilizing. And as soon as the temperatures uh-huh. get below 70 degrees at night, you're going to have more tomatoes than anybody else. When we can keep our plants, <laughs> okay. I'm serious, when we can keep our plants going, because other people see, like uh-huh. me, I'm going to be starting another couple of tomatoes. I keep one of them, but I got a couple of plants that don't look so great. They had some blight, you know, and I'm, I'm, so I'm going to be replacing them with fall tomatoes. But if you don't have to mm-hmm. do that and you can keep those plants just growing on, then they're bigger and better. And the first time they can set fruit, they will. So okay. Talk nice, well, talk nice to I them. Was <laughs> I was thinking that I said, well, you know, us and plants are so much alike. Once I started to kind of doing a little research, that's all God put down here was us and plants. And everything that affects us affects them some kind of way. You are so right. So I just said, well, maybe it's the heat. You are so right. And it is the hot night. The daytime temperatures are not as crucial. And I'll tell you, I'll bet you the one that's made the fruit is called Jet Set. Okay. That's it. Okay, it's because that's one of the that, well, that's one of the ones that blooms and makes fruit when it's hotter than other ones do. So you've got one. You know, you, you you'll you'll enjoy them even more later on, though. I'm eating off the Jeffs, and I'm going. Why aren't the rest of you all making tomatoes? <laughs> but anyway, they're just uh, too shy. <laughs> you know, I figured it was the heat. Yep, it is. You're right. Thank you for your wisdom today, okay. Homer. Good to hear from you. Take care of yourself. Yeah, Jet Set, Solar Set, Hawaiian N65, those are all the names of the ones that 
have a couple of degrees of grace. They will set fruit when it's just slightly hotter than the others will. There's absolutely fun. May I prune hydrangeas now? Yes, you absolutely may. Once, anytime after the blue, after the mop head hydrangeas have bloomed, this is not limelight. This is not, you know, other things. But the, the mop heads, the big round headed ones, after they have bloomed, you can either leave the flowers on and let them turn brown and green and all the pretty colors that they get if you want that, or even let them dry on their own if you happen to be where it's not raining too much so that you can use them in other kinds of arrangements. Or you can cut them, dry them inside if you want to use them, or just simply prune the plants. This is the best time to do that, and really the only time that you should. I know I can hear somebody right now saying, my grandmother always pruned them in February. So did my grandmother, and that's great. I'm glad it worked for her. doesn't work so well on the varieties that we grow today. We We have better time if we shape them in the summertime. Okay? Okay. Nice ones, though. Oh, that's beautiful. Anna's in Red Bay, Alabama, and her mother-in-law's tongue, Sansevieria, is in bloom. I love when they bloom. They have to be old and very happy to put on flowers. I just, um, I'm having a little bit of work done in my courtyard, so I just brought in everything that needs shade, brought it back in the house for a week or so. And that includes my growing collection of Sansevieria's mother-in-law's tongues. And I'm happy to say that everything has new growth on it, but... It's going to be a long time before any but the big old one um, goes ahead and takes its time. Oh, my goodness. Trey, Trey, is, Trey is on the tomato train today. This is, of course, Trey in Grenada that I'm, I just wax poetic about every week when he sends pictures of his, his produce. Just beautiful. Really gorgeous. How do you get them to be so even? You have like the you have the best even sized tomatoes. This is just cool. Very neat. Very wonderful. Fun, fun stuff. Y'all are terrific. This is a really good time, of course, for all of us to be thinking about what we're going to plant for the fall garden. And I'm not, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't have any crystal ball to look into or anything. But I do think that we're looking at increasing prices on food. So if you are interested in me getting with you to grow some vegetables starting in the late part of July, you need to send me an email, mamaonair at yahoo.com. Ah, yes, it's time for John Sebastian. Here he is. This is Weekend Gardening. Don't you know it's a pity the days can't be like the nights in the summer, in the city, in the summer, in the city. In the city, dressed so fine and looking so pretty. Cool cat looking for a kitty, gonna look in every corner of the city. Till I'm wheezing like a bus stop, running up the stairs, gonna meet you on the rooftop. But at night it's a different world. Go out and find a girl. Come on, come on, and dance all night. Just like the heat, it'll be alright. And babe, don't you know it's a pity the days can't be like the night. You know that nowadays, most people go online to look at a business before they spend their money. Are customers able to find you online? With the power of Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital, you can reach potential customers and get more referral and repeat business. Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital's highly trained and trusted staff is ready to work with you to help your business capitalize on the power of digital marketing. Call 601-991-2305 or go to stmmdigital.com to get started today. Some things are hard to ignore, like a bad toupee. 
The Mississippi Lottery's Mega Millions jackpot is one of the good things you should not ignore. It's big. We're talking massive. It's just $2 per play. And for an extra buck, you can add the Mega Plier for a chance to make your non-jackpot winnings really soar. What are you waiting for? Somebody's going to win it. Be somebody. Get your Mega Millions tickets today. Then buy that guy a new rug. Have fun, y'all. Gambling problem? Call 888-777-9696. Research shows moving is one of life's most stressful events. But thanks to Two Men and a Truck Ridgeland, it doesn't have to be. We have everything you need. A professional team who will customize your move, a schedule to fit your convenience Monday through Saturday, and all of the necessary moving supplies, including free padding and stretch wrap to protect your belongings. Don't stress. Let Two Men in a Truck handle your home or business moving needs. Visit twomenandatruck.com for a free, no-obligation estimate. If you're tired of looking at your tired old bath, Bath Fitter is offering their best savings of the year. $600 off or 36 months financing at 0% interest with every new complete bath system. You've been thinking about doing it and Bath Fitter wants to help make it happen with a $600 off or 36 months financing with no interest. Every Bath Fitter bath is designed to fit your life and now with unbelievable savings if it's your wallet too. It's their biggest savings of the year so don't miss it. Bath Fitter, it just fits. Some conditions apply. Visit bathfitter.com slash savings to get started. Halito, this is Choctaw Indian Princess Shima Crosby inviting you to the 72nd Choctaw Indian Fair, July 13th through 16th. Experience the beauty of the Choctaw people through arts, crafts, dance, and song. Purchase exquisite beadwork and basketry at the Arts and Crafts Pavilion. And don't miss Midway Rides, Nightly Concerts, and the granddaddy of all field sports, Choctaw Stickball. Visit ChoctawIndianFair.com and like us on Facebook. Hope to see you there. Hachapisa Chiki. Since 1871, Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile in downtown Bolton has been providing everything you need. Everything for your house, fencing, plumbing, flowers, lumber. Everything for your animals, dogs, cats, birds, chickens, cows, horses. And everything for your patio and yard. Bayou Classic Cookers, Wind Chimes, Orca and Pelican Coolers. We have most everything. 150 years of serving the community, family owned and operated. Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile, downtown Bolton since 1871. We'll see you soon. At Fillmore Buick GMC, we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means upfront and honest pricing, doing everything we can to make the time you spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your next Buick GMC or pre-owned vehicle at FillmoreBuickGMC.com. Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do. Do you suffer from allergies, sinus or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business? Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable Energy Star qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today, 601-939-7420. A proud provider of Dream Home AC Systems. (laughs) Are you feeling it? The new degree of comfort. Welcome back to Weekend Gardening. I got the nicest note. The last time I used this tune um, in here, 
um, somebody who actually knew these people. Obviously, I was not. I'm, I'm not in, amongst the original reggae rock fusion folks, but um, I was really happy that that there was somebody out there who had actually been around that long and, and listening to this music said that it was the loudest sound effect that he had ever heard used in live performance was that first slap. <laughs> Got everybody's attention. And it does. It absolutely does. Indeed, there's a lot going on between Trey's tomatoes and uh, firecracker flowers. Oh, my goodness. Crinum lilies. Everything is just going well, well, well right now here in the midst. Uh, the quote of the week, though, for you folks who are sweet enough to ask if I have one. Yes, I do. Um, if you're a competitor, you want to win. That's enough to play for. Simple as that. Who do you suppose said that? Well, the young man's name is Rain Dakota Prescott. That's right. Dak Prescott celebrating his 29th birthday this month. <laughs> so, and he is, that means he is a very young man, for those of you who doubted it. But what a great thing. If you're a competitor, you want to win. That applies to so many things. I know gardening is not supposed to be competitive, but... When your dahlias are bigger than your neighbor's dahlias, I know you notice these things. When your azaleas bloom for three days longer than the next-door neighbors, you notice these things. I know it. Yep, you do, too. That's enough to play for. Simple as that. Real smart thought. I like it. I like it. 888-808-8637 is always your phone number here. It's the Super Talk call line, and it gets you right in here to Garden Mama in the same way that Hildy did from Hattiesburg. Welcome in. What's on your mind today? Hi, Hildy. Hello. Yes, ma'am. What's hey. on your mind? Uh, I have a couple of questions, on one on tomatoes and one on hydrangeas. All righty. Hydrangeas are not blooming very much in Hattiesburg. Hmm. wonder why. I- I don't know. Mm. I know it's raining too much. Well, I was going to say, I, I I think we probably had some really late cold weather. might have affected the buds, but it has rained. And every time I look at the radar, it's raining in Hattiesburg this year. Mm. So, oh, it did? You know. We yeah. just wonder what time of the day it's going to rain today. Yeah, and and that does affect the flowers. They, it, they can get started, but they don't necessarily, you know, you think, well, that would help. It's raining. Well, not always. It depends on how hard it rains and how long and how hot the air is afterwards yeah. and all those kind of things. Um, oh, it's blistering hot. Yeah, isn't that the truth? What's on your mind about tomatoes? Well, the tomatoes, last year we planted oh, a couple of plants and we had lots of tomatoes on those vines. But this year... They're not making very much. Mm-hmm. They're not, not putting on too many balloons. Just not making too much. And that's what I'm hearing. I don't know if that, too. Well, that's what I'm hearing from all around the state. Um, we're other than our friend Trey in Grenada who can grow tomatoes apparently, you know, better than all the rest of us. And we appreciate you, Trey. Other than that. Almost everybody I know who grows tomatoes has said that there's something. Either there's a a, 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 a pollination problem or there's a too much water versus not enough fertilizer problem or it's just been too hot. And so when, as our previous caller was saying, when the flowers come up and then they open up and then they immediately brown and die – it's yeah. too it's too hot yeah. at night for them to to achieve pollination. The good news is, if your leaves look good, you'll have the first tomatoes as soon as the weather cools off. Okay. So 
I just, um, I'm just continuing. I'm, I'm, I'm making cherry. That don't run. Well, I think the hydrangeas had a rough year. I would go ahead and prune a little bit just because this is the time to do that. And, it, you know, where they, they if you have two blooms instead of ten, it might be trying to prune the thing anyway. But as soon as those blooms have matured, I would go ahead and prune the whole plant just a little bit. Not a heavy pruning unless you have the leaf spot that our other um, textured was talking about today. If you got leaf spot on those hydrangeas, so. you know, that's a different – you want to thin them a little bit too. But if you don't, just – shape them into their nice rounded shape and and cut a few inches off all the way around and hope for hope for better weather. Oh. It's, you said time to prune them now. When do you prune them any, another time? I don't want to prune any, I don't want to prune my pet hydrangeas anytime except right after they bloom. Okay. Okay. Thank you, ma'am. I thank you so much. Take care of Hattiesburg for Bye. me. I love y'all. Take care. That's really something, though. I realize that, they're, like I said, my grandmother pruned them every winter. A lot of people do. And that's fine. That works for you. What works for me and what is the best authority at the time right now is to prune those my pet hydrangeas right after they flower. Now, another example of changing horticultural advice. I don't think there was a year in my childhood that there was not a can of pruning paint in the garage with my dad's garden tools. And if he cut off a branch, he plopped on some of that black paint to seal it up, which was what was advised until they did the research over a long enough period of time to learn that when you do that, you're actually sealing in more rotting organisms than you are keeping out. The idea was that you would you would um, put the pruning paint on that cut wood and it would seal up and be healthy. Well, turns out it's actually the other way around. So pruning paint's still out there. But not too many people use it. <laughs> not so many people use it now. I was really intrigued by this, and it's not actually something that I'm going to go on about for very long. But um, how did how did your class when you were a kid in elementary school? How did they decide where to seat you? Was it alphabetical? Was it girls on one side, boys on the other? Was it short to tall? Or was there some other manipulated arrangement being done? Turns out, a study from Florida Atlantic University says that most teachers, when surveyed, tell us that they focus on academic considerations when they assign seats in their class. For example, a new study shows us now, though, that those assignments also affect friendships. For example, students sitting next to or nearby one another are more likely to be friends with each other than with students across the classroom. Now, that's really some geographic bigotry. If you if you really get after it, that's really funny. Only this row over here can I talk to. That's not really the same because as soon as those seating assignments were changed, the students became friends with the people in the next aisle, wherever the next aisle was. I say this to you because as a kid in elementary school, we were arranged sometimes by height, and because I was tall, I was always in the back of the class. And because I was nearsighted, I couldn't see what was going on. (laughs) And when they figured out I was nearsighted and got me glasses, things went a whole lot better. But I was still in the back because I was tall. Later on, though, as everybody got to be more close to the same height, the teachers put us, the kids that they considered to be a little rowdy, the daydreamers, and, yeah, we were smart, 
but they put us against the wall in the aisle on the, along the wall away from the windows because they said they lost us if they put us by the windows. The problem was we would just stare out the window and still make okay grades. You can't have that. You got to get your got to get my attention. Do you know that I'm still really good friends with some of those same kids who went through that? The kids that were tall and the kids that were shoved over to the right-hand side, I'm still friends with them. However many hundred years later. Isn't that funny? Maybe this is true. Maybe we better pay attention now to where do our te- where does the teacher set our put our kids in the classroom? Good grief. There's too many things to worry about. Do them by height. They'll figure it out. <laughs> now listen. This is a very optimistic tune coming up now because we're all hopeful that there'll be just the right amount of rain, not too much, but just the right amount so we don't have to water the lawn and so everything keeps growing. And frankly, so the temperatures come down a little bit. Stick around. This is Weekend Gardening. Nowadays, more people are cutting the cord, ditching traditional cable and satellite television, and instead, just streaming everything. With Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital's over-the-top advertising, you can get your business seen on streaming TV. Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital's highly trained and trusted team can show you how your ad dollars can go further to reach a more targeted audience. Call 601-991-2305 or go to stmmdigital.com to get started today. Some things are hard to ignore, like a bad toupee. The Mississippi Lottery's Mega Millions jackpot is one of the good things you should not ignore. It's big. We're talking massive. It's just $2 per play, and for an extra buck, you can add the Mega Plier for a chance to make your non-jackpot winnings really sore. What are you waiting for? Somebody's going to win it. Be somebody. Get your Mega Millions tickets today. Then buy that guy a new rug. Have fun, y'all. Gambling problem? Call 888-777-9696. Are you having sewer and drain problems? Call the experts, Roto-Rooter. Since 1934, Roto-Rooter Plumbing has been fixing small home disasters. Mention this ad for $25 off any service. Call Roto-Rooter, 601-353-3333. That's 601-353-3333. Call Roto-Rooter, that's the name. And winkle troubles down the drain. Roto-Rooter. Here at the Almond Joy Factory, where tropical vibes abound, we use soft, fresh-tasting coconut. The crunchiest almonds and delicious chocolate candy. Ah, but do you know what our most important ingredient is? Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. Almond Joy's got nuts and something even way better than that. Yes, Almond Joy is made with almonds and You're listening to WFMN Flora Jackson, Super Talk Mississippi, powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros, 601-345-8090. I'm Caleb Sailors, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. 
Judge Kent Smith from the Lafayette County Circuit Court has denied bond for Matt Reardon, who was charged with aggravated stalking of Oxford Mayor Robin Tannehill. The judge has also ordered a psychiatric evaluation for Reardon. In 2017, Mayor Tannehill and her husband successfully filed for a restraining order against Reardon after he was initially charged with stalking. According to the restraining order, Reardon was not legally allowed within 500 feet of the Tannehills. The order was violated on June 20th when Reardon visited Oxford City Hall, the mayor's place of work. On June 28th, the Mississippi Bureau of Investigations took the alleged stalker into custody. It was later discovered that the mayor's husband had represented Reardon's former partner in court, prompting the cycle of manic behavior against the mayor and her family. In addition, Mayor Tannehill claims that she had to move the location of her office out of the fear that Reardon caused her to have. It's the first day of the first grade And she found a new best friend It's a layback Sunday afternoon You wish would never end The homemade taste of bluebell And good friends gathered round The good old days are being made right now Some things sound so good you can almost taste it Like bluebell strawberry lemonade ice cream Delicious strawberry ice cream swirled with lemonade sherbet and sprinkled with lemon-flavored flakes. It's better than you can imagine. The good old days are being made right now. The good old days are being made right now. Look for Bluebell ice cream at your local grocer and pick up your favorite flavor today. Now that the 26-man roster for Team USA is set, the team will be traveling to the Netherlands to represent the United States against other countries' respective squads. Coach Mike Bianco explains what an honor it is for these young men to represent their country on an international stage. There's only 26 of them. You know, in our country, this is the best 26 players that our country has to, to, to represent us to go play you know, uh, international baseball and, and to make sure that not only they understand the duty, but anytime you put this uniform on, put USA across your chest, I, I think it's, it's certainly a tremendous honor. Included in Team USA's roster are Ole Miss shortstop Jacob Gonzalez, who was a preseason All-American, and left-handed pitcher Hunter Elliott, as well as Southern Miss right-handed pitcher Tanner Hall and Hurston Waldrop, who recently entered the transfer portal. For more information on Team USA's roster, visit us online at supertalk.fm. And with Supertalk Mississippi News, I'm Caleb Sailors. Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. USA Baseball has announced its 26-man collegiate national team roster for the summer, and they will represent Team USA July 8th through the 15th in the Netherlands. Led by manager and Ole Miss coach Mike Bianco, Team USA will travel to the Netherlands and begin play on Saturday today against Japan. And then they will compete against Italy, Cuba, the Netherlands, and Curacao to complete the group play. Team USA has competed in this event five times since 2000, winning four gold medals and the winning the championship in the most recent appearance back in 2014. Along with Coach Bianco, there are three Mississippi players that have made the roster for the summer. Team USA, Hunter Elliott and Jacob Gonzalez from Ole Miss and Southern Miss All-American right-hander pitcher Tanner Hall will also be on the roster for Team USA this summer. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Sports Mississippi.
Please never use gas appliances for purposes which they are not intended. A gas oven should never be used for heating purposes and never store flammable materials inside propane cylinders. The Mississippi Propane Gas Association takes pride in protecting your home or business. We ensure that our products are delivered in compliance with the highest industry safety standards. Plus, we offer free gas checks for our customers. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com. Welcome to day four of Digging Safety Class. It says here we're talking post holes. Yes, before you dig one, call 811. For a post hole? See this picture? Your hair's standing on end, Bob. Cool, dude. Not so cool. I hit an electrical line. And I thought you were trying to be hip. Hello, Sam here from Mississippi 811. Calling 811 two working days before digging is the law, and it's always the right thing to do. Conference realignment is still in the news in college athletics. The Big 12 is involved in deep discussions to add multiple Pac-12 programs as a way to shore up its membership in the wake of USC and UCLA's defection to the Big 10. At least four teams are being considered with the potential for the Big 12 to add more as realignment continues to shake out. Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah were mentioned specifically as teams being targeted by the Big 12, according to CBS Sports. There's also consideration of adding Oregon and Washington to make the Big 12 an 18-team league, the largest in the FBS. Despite the Big 12's attempts, the Pac-12 released a statement this week saying it would immediately begin negotiations on its next TV contract. Contract, intending to go forward with at least its 10 remaining members as a possibility of more could be added to the mix. I'm Dixon Williams, and this is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mama's on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome into Weekend Gardening for a very hot Sunday, summer day, excuse me, in the midst of July. My goodness, how did we get here? The, The year just began. We were just talking about lettuce and broccoli then suddenly it's tomatoes and squash, and now it's time to do it all over again. That's right. July is when we begin the fall garden, both the the seeding and the planting and the getting ready for it. So we have to talk about shade. We have to talk about timing. We have to talk about varieties. Whatever's on your mind, that's what I'm here for. Welcome in. 888-808-8637 is the Super Talk call line. And 601-879-4395 is, of course, the C Spire text line, which is always open to you and quite frequently quite busy. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Andy's commenting in Jackson, commenting on my um, story from last hour about, well, that that seating relationships in the classroom do lead to friendship, and teachers need to be aware that that's kind of how that stuff works. I think they probably already know it. That's why they put the new kid, you know, next to the ones that are the noisiest and likely to accept another person. But uh, Andy says, come recess, all bets are off. That's sometimes true and sometimes not. In, in my case... Um, recess was much more segregated than the classroom was by, by girls and boys. 
we were not encouraged. Now, that might be because we all had on dresses, but we were not encouraged to play all of the games that the boys were over. No, no football and stuff at recess time. I don't know what you're doing in your garden this, this particular week. I have got a bunch of stuff I need to do. Oh, dear. Crocosmia. I do love Crocosmia. You know that one. Montbrecia. You might find it as Lucifer. You might find it as a solid red, a solid yellow, really fancy one. It's a lily form that blooms from a little tiny corm in the summer. But the one that takes over the flower bed is the classic, my favorite, orange crocosmia. And right now they are in full tilt bloom all over my yard because, well, they've escaped all over my yard. (laughs) I did have to cut down some cashmere bouquets for this work that's being done on the side of my house. But they had been in bloom, so they were already kind of um, getting dried out anyhow. I do know that if you have got any kind of flowering plant and you want it to maintain through a hot spell or, frankly, through just any point in the summertime because we do have such radical swings we'll have burning hot for a few days and then lots and lots of rain be sure that you're deadheading the flowers i learned something about delta snow flocks this week that i did not know i had cut several of the stems you know that this is the first one that the first time it's bloomed for me i hadn't had it i've always wanted it and it's a very happy happy plant for me but i did not know that if i cut the stems that they would produce new stems with more flowers they do and that's really nifty i'm I'm happy to say it fulfilled me this week in terms of learning something new every day thank you very much happy birthday happy birthday y'all are great this is fun um oh yeah this i remember that from batesville thank you good morning they're all birthdays up there this week too There's something about July birthdays. Ringo Starr's birthday, of course, was this week. You may or may not know that. But those of us who were born in this point in time in the summertime usually do. Uh, and what's your favorite cake? That's another question that comes forth. I'm a chocolate person, but for birthdays, I really like coconut cake. I know there's somebody out there just groaning, but there it is. I have, I have to tell you this. This is, to me, so wonderful. You seldom get to actually have uh, uh, things measured in a way that makes a lot of sense. But if you are going to Alaska, I want to make sure that you know that you need to run into these birders. They call it bird watching in this article, but I understand that it's birding, and I'm using the right word. You may see the elusive blue throat north of the Brooks Range. You may see the harlequin duck on an interior river. You may encounter all four species of eider in a place I can't pronounce or take in the sounds of feeding shorebirds by the thousands in the Copper River Delta. If you're a birder, why are you not in Alaska? This is great. I really appreciate their willingness to accept this as a form of eco-terrorism. <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. It is a tremendous form of eco-tourism. And those who say that it is a terrorist act to bring people to where the birds are, they don't know birders. There's always controversy around this, that that all these people trooping out here are going to be a big problem, and it is, in fact, called eco-terrorism. It's not. As long as it's a guided tour, for instance, our friend Ken Hackman leads them all over the world. Those people are not doing anything except leaving the place better than they found it, you know, and making sure that they get to count those birds. There's nothing happening there that's bad. That's why tourism with bird 
watching birders, both ends of that particular spectrum, makes a lot of sense. And I'm really glad we have it. Of course, we have music trail here. We have birding trail. And I frankly think we need to be having native plant trails, too, because we've got some nice ones in our state. Sharon in Mobile, what's on your mind about St. Augustine grass? Sharon, thank you for calling. Hi, Good Sharon. Morning. Good morning. Look, um, I've, always, I've always understood I'm supposed to cut my St. Augustine grass at four inches. Well, my lawnmower will only cut it three and three-fourths, but that's what I've been doing. But it grows so fast. A couple of days after I cut it, it looks like it needs to be cut again. I was wondering, would it hurt it to cut it at a little lower? No, it won't. And especially at this time of year, no matter what height you're cu- cutting any of the, the turf grasses at now, you can literally change it right now, whether you're going a little lower or a little higher. depends on the grass. In the case of St. Aug, obviously you're going to go down to about three inches. It's still going to grow fast. Oh. I, I was just looking. <laughs> My neighbor has St. Augustine. Well, on one side, the, the, on the side of the driveway that's by my side, and it's taller than the rest of the grass in his yard because it grows faster. I thought that's got to be frustrating, but I do love St. Augustine. I love walking on it. It, you know, it's the, the best one for the South, in my opinion, if you can manage it. And at this time of the year, you can reduce that height just a little bit so that you're not. What you never want to do when you cut grass, you don't want to ever cut off more than half the blade in one cutting because that's considered scalping at whatever level it happens, and it can damage the the actual part of the grass that grows, you know, the rhizomes and whatnot, stolons. So mm-hmm. so if you, um, if, as long as you're just taking off an, an extra three-quarters of an inch, it's going to be fine. Wonderful, because I do love my St. Augustine, mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. want it to thrive. I just wanted to say one other thing. My hydrangeas here in Mobile were as pretty as they'd ever been this year. They were just gorgeous. And my sisters were in Mandeville, Mm -hmm. Louisiana as well. So I was surprised to hear that uh, in Hattiesburg they're not doing well. Mm -hmm. But I guess that's enough. North. It's just it is. It's just the difference in terms of the way the the fronts come and, and bring the rain as well as the cold temperatures. It's just that much different. Um, it's why we have you know zone eight B, zone eight A, zone nine. You know, it's why we're why we have different gradations because they are different places. And in fact, sometimes. Sometimes I think horticulture people try to bring everything down to something that we can define, something we can quantify. How much fertilizer did you use? You know, how much water are you putting out? But sometimes we really can't do that. Sometimes rainfall amounts affect a plant very differently. Three inches in Mobile is going to be very different from three inches in Hattiesburg. You know, it's just a a different place. But I have to say, I love love your town. I love your town. (laughs) Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Best horticulture convention in the world. Thank you very much. Mobile does that every January. It's a blast. And more birthday wishes. Y'all are so sweet. Thank you very, very much. Um, Let's see. How to... (laughs) The mother-in-law's tongue fell over. Well, they'll do that sometimes. They're often very shallow-rooted, and sometimes those stems, uh, the the branches and stems get to be very, very tall. Let's see. Um... Can you tell me from the bottom up, please? Yes, get a deeper pot. And I mean that quite seriously. Um, put 
a little bit of soil in the bottom, set in the branch that keeps, you know, the one that you've pulled off because it keeps falling over. Put that in there and fill it up. You're not going to fill up higher, but you're going to have a place for the stem to actually be able to stand up inside and part of the pot in the deeper pot and then if it's able to stand up well in that it will begin to grow and eventually maybe six months from now you'll be able to lift it out and put it into a pot that has deeper soil or pull it up higher in that pot i hope that makes sense what you're trying to do is hold that stem intact so it doesn't keep falling over but not not let it resist rooting some more because that's obviously what's going to help it is is the fact that it can root. Root stimulate a fertilizer might help. Compost tea might help. Staying a little bit drier might help. <clears throat> Excuse me. All of those things can affect the way that the Sansevieria blooms, I mean, grows or doesn't. And, of course, it all goes directly to the way that they eventually do bloom because they have to be several years old and pretty happy. They bloom under the stress of age. They don't bloom under the stress of the plant's going to die, in my experience. Thank you, Joe. Oh, you're such a young man. Happy birthday. <laughs> yeah, this is when we start hearing from all of the people that are, that have birthdays later on in the summer. And I love that. I'm just I think it's the most important thing that we don't celebrate enough are birthdays. Let's see. There is a bee-like insect on my portulaca. It looks like a baby honeybee but doesn't have all the yellow to it. What is that? Jackie from Brandon? I don't know, Jackie. Send me a picture. And I'll be happy to take a look. Although bees do have different colors and a lot of things fly, I would need to see a picture to be able to tell you what that is. Thank you for your birthday wishes. Appreciate y'all. You're very, very kind. There are are always um, new things. I have always loved Florida, or at least the idea of it. I enjoy going the the times that I have spent there. I loved, I I wrote about um, that area for a very long time, 14 years with the National Gardening folks, and that was fun. But uh, between the pythons, and now, yes, now we've got a quarantine in one county, Port Ritchie area of Pasco County. Mm -hmm. Giant African land snails. These are giant land snails giant snails hello that's right they can produce up to 2500 eggs per year so once they get started we're going to have a really big mess the problem is they actually can also they they pose a health risk to humans um and unfortunately they're trying to find them that they eat 500 different plant species and they will even eat paint and stucco off your house to get calcium so believe you me Our friends in Pasco County are working very hard to try and get rid of these things. They're really big, bigger than my hand. This is not this is not like the uh, banana slug and all that stuff. These are not friendly. These are these are dangerous ones, and I hate that. Ooh, on to Soso. Welcome in, Scott. Thank you for calling Weekend Gardening. What's up with your okra? So with all this rain, we've gotten plenty of okra in the garden, but ants are all over it. Mm-hmm. And um, and when we go out there to pick it, the ants get all over our hands. I was just wondering if there was anything that we could put on that okra to keep the ants down. Well, yeah, um, mostly you need to get rid of the aphids because that's why the ants are there. The the ants form, farm the aphids, and they love, love, love okra because they're tall, they're off the ground, they're up in the air, nothing else is much going to predatorize them or any of that. So they what the ants are doing is the, the tiny, tiny, tiny aphids suck 
stuff out of your plant, out of your both the flowers and the stems and the leaves. And what they can't digest, they excrete, and then the ants eat that. So they bring more aphids up there <laughs> from everywhere else in your yard. Uh-huh. Okay. So, yes, insecticidal soap, um, even soapy water, you know, any of those things that, that will just kind of melt the ants and, and melt the aphids and get them off the plants will take care of the problem. All right. Well, thank you. It's really not that unusual. It, it, it and I mean, frank, frankly, it's fascinating. I did spend some time this week watching the ants farm the aphids on my field peas, and it didn't make me happy, but it, it is an interesting <laughs> thing. <laughs> yeah, definitely. All right. Well, thank you. For thank you, sir. Take care. Ah, uh, ants farming aphids. We're not the only farmers, you know. We're not the only ones who put things in one place and make sure that we're going to keep them, just like the the. Uh, ravens and other members of that bird group will hide their tools you know (laughs) my mother always hid the scissors you probably do too i have a couple of pairs hidden around my house and one day i'll find them (laughs) that that will be good (laughs) oh my goodness speaking of learning and remembering how in the world do we do that the folks at uh the israel technion israel institute of technology have been studying how does our brain remember all these things that we do? You know, um, we wiggle, we walk, we, we we gesture, we dance, we do all these things. From the time we're born, we're we're trying to use our mouths and our eyes and make movements to see things, to begin to smile even before we talk. And so the question is, how do you do this? Because we often, again, like so many other things, what we want to look at is how can we help people that it hasn't worked that it doesn't work for for example the mechanism to reach over and pick up your glass is not that simple and if you can't do it how do we help you figure out how to do it how do we learn and remember movement so that's what they've been working on Um, they found a lot of implications for both disease use, you know, using it against situations that happen with diseases, but also machine learning because all of these things are very, very important. They, they focus in this case on neurons because every one of the neurons has branched pieces, branched extensions or like arms, if you want to call it, called dendrites. And the dendrites are where the communication happens. The, the dendrites, for example, of your wrist have to do with the dendrites in your fingers in order for that glass to be held in your hand. And so if we can figure out what's making them not work together, we can understand why your fingers don't work and get them back together. This is very exciting stuff. It's not a simple switch, and being published in Science Magazine uh, does make a lot of difference in terms of the credibility of something. It means it has been multiply peer-reviewed, and everybody's tried to pull it apart. And at the same time, they have discovered that, indeed, this is how the brain works. Better understanding of the conditions that can cause these kind of interruptions, and frankly, ideas to figure out how to help the machines work better when we get them going. I like it. Important work. And quite frankly, I could use somebody to tell me, my friend was saying this week that snapping his fingers had turned to be a hard thing, that he used to be able to do that all the time. And his grandson said, I can snap my fingers longer than you. He said, no, I can't, but he could. So if we could know more about that, we'd understand more about our dendrites and get my friend snapping his fingers again. What are you doing? What are you planting? What are you growing? This is Weekend Gardening.
sounds so good, you can almost taste it. Like Bluebell Strawberry Lemonade Ice Cream. Delicious strawberry ice cream swirled with lemonade sherbet and sprinkled with lemon-flavored flakes. It's better than you can imagine. The good old days are being made right now. The good old days are being made right now. Look for Bluebell Ice Cream at your local grocer and pick up your favorite flavor today. Baseball, basketball, soccer, tennis. No matter what your game is, defense matters. Same thing goes for COVID-19. Help protect yourself with a booster shot. Now recommended for people five years and older. Schedule an appointment as soon as you are eligible following completion of your primary series. Sponsored by Pfizer and BioNTech. Halito, this is Choctaw Indian Princess Shima Crosby inviting you to the 72nd Choctaw Indian Fair, July 13th through 16th. Enjoy live performances from Ryan Hurd, Casting Crowns, and Lady A. Experience Choctaw art, food, dancing, and carnival rides. Activate your competitive spirit with Rezron Iron Warrior Competition and the Cornhole Tournament. And don't miss the inaugural Volleyball Tournament. Visit ChoctawIndianFair.com and like us on Facebook. Hope to see you there. Hachapislachike. Since 1871, Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile in downtown Bolton has been providing everything you need. Everything for your house, fencing, plumbing, flowers, lumber. Everything for your animals, dogs, cats, birds, chickens, cows, horses. And everything for your patio and yard. Bayou Classic Cookers, Wind Chimes, Orca and Pelican Coolers. We have most everything. 150 years of serving the community, family owned and operated. Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile, downtown Bolton since 1871. We'll see you soon. Get ready, Greater Jackson area. The big one, the Great Southern Gun and Knife Show is coming for two big days. Only at the Trademark Building on the fairgrounds. Show hours are Saturday 9 to 5, Sunday 10 till 5. Hundreds of dealers' tables available. Full of guns, knives, ammunition, holsters, gun books, camouflage, jewelry, and related items. Hunters and collectors, this big show's for you. Buy, sell, trade, or just spend the day browsing. Ladies are especially welcome. Admission just $9 for adults, $2 for kids ages 6 to 11. Sorry, no one under the age of 18 admitted without a parent. Got any guns? to sell be sure they're unloaded and bring them to the show thousands of buyers will be there instant background checks available for gun purchases the big one the great southern gun and knife show this weekend saturday nine to five sunday ten to five at the trademark building on the fairgrounds take the high street exit off i-55 and follow the signs exercise your right to keep and bear arms while you're there be sure to register for the door prize see you this weekend at the big one sure as shooting don't Don't miss miss it it. attention per the current government mandate u.s-based insurers are now required to cover at-home COVID testing kits with no out-of-pocket fees to you. If you have a current insurance plan, you are eligible to receive up to eight COVID-19 tests shipped to you each month absolutely free. As long as the government mandate is in effect, just visit testkitforfree.com to register now from the comfort of your own home. That's testkitforfree.com to receive your tests shipped to you at no cost. Go to testkitforfree.com today. Paid for by Tiro Health. Are you ready? Can we two-step? It's time. You got to do a dance today, right? It's the middle of the summer. You got to do a little bit of two-step and a little bit of jumping around, a little bit of this and that. Or the good news is 
it'll be just as hot tomorrow. So you need to pay attention and have a little bit of fun out there in the garden today. I am always pleased and happy to talk to you about the things that I find that are going to make us happier and healthier. And, you know, I got to say, I'm getting really close to wanting to grow a Zone 8 avocado tree in my garden. I hadn't done it yet, but now that I got pineapple guava going and my figs are happy, the blueberries are happy, all that stuff, I'm thinking about expanding. Now, for those of you who've been here a long time, you do know that a number of years ago I cut down the pomegranate tree because it failed to please me despite all of my best efforts, and I encourage you to do that. If you've had something and it never bloomed or it never made fruit and you have watered and fertilized and pruned and done all of your due diligence for it, maybe it's just, shall we say, a dud, like you would say in the firecracker world. Maybe it's just not going to make it. Maybe it's just not going to bloom. Now, the good news is if it's a container plant, you can put it out on your street, happy with the news that somebody will pick it up and do better with it someplace else. (laughs) But if there's something growing that you really do love, then you ought to go ahead and try and grow it yourself. And in this case, Zone 8 avocados, and of course, it's going to be time this fall also to plant strawberries again. So all of those things are very high on my list. I don't know what about you. Penn State's got new research out that tells us eating one avocado a day for six months was found to have absolutely no effect on your belly fat. It was the, there were there are people you'll read that stuff. You know, eat an avocado a day, and and this will happen, and that'll happen. They didn't have any effect on belly fat, liver fat, or waist circumference in people who were already overweight. But it did lead to a slight decrease in unhealthy cholesterol levels. And so, for all of us who would just as soon find another good reason to eat more avocados we now have it this is good news it was a randomized trial they also found out that uh, people who ate avocados had generally speaking better quality diets during that six-month period i don't i don't think that's necessarily not true um for example i bought a bag of a bob a flat of avocados the other day, there were six or eight in there, and they were on discount because they were uh, they were headed on the way out. So, of course, I took them home and got all the good meat out of all of them, which was quite a bit, actually, but they did need to be dealt with that very, very day. And I made up some spread and put it in the refrigerator. You have to put lemon or lime in it because it'll turn brown, so be sure you put lemon or lime in it. But then you can put vinegar, mayonnaise, whatever you like. That's been really fun. I haven't used any mayonnaise all week. I've spread that on everything. Eat that on Ritz crackers. Come on now. You've got a real treat. And it's one of those things that we don't think about because, I don't know about you, avocados have always been pretty exotic in the world till maybe the last decade. You used to not be able to buy asparagus anywhere except in a can either. So a lot of things have changed for the better. It used to be that if you uh, if you grew asparagus, you, you better be careful picking it because your neighbors would come get it for you. <laughs> I had that experience in Louisiana. Oh, my goodness. John, that's beautiful. Um, what day is your birthday? That would be today. So that's um, I'm happy to tell you that I've been celebrating since before daylight, and I intend to continue. Yes, indeed. This is beautiful. John, John you, you're, you can paint. I'm just, I'm so happy. I, I, I love seeing that. 
So we're going to do Journal of the American Heart Association um, has got the research. If you want to look up more about the six-month experiment involving more than a 1,000 people eating an avocado every day, the the others were told to limit their avocado consumption to less than two a month. I couldn't be in that study. (laughs) No question, I couldn't be in that study. I also appreciated very, very much seeing the really delicious, beautiful, fresh corn that has been created here in our state and in our our area. Um, somebody wrote to me, though, and asked about the organic process of detasseling to keep the corn earworms out or and or putting the mineral oil on the tips of those tassels. Both of those things can work. The problem is that those 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 were developed and work best in areas that don't have our heat humidity. That's why we have to plant so early. So if you're not planting corn anywhere in the state of Mississippi before April, and if you, I mean before March, if you're on the coast, you got to be planting it really, really early, or you run into the prime time for corn earworms, which is hello now. <laughs> so when you, I give you a little hint: when you buy corn in the shuck. And, of course, we all like to do that because we then we can use a few of those leaves in the cooking water, and it also keeps everything nice and hydrated. Be sure that you put your hands on the top part. Just pinch that top part between your fingers so that you can tell where the actual corn starts, okay? Yes, you may occasionally find a corn earworm in fresh corn. It's no big deal. Don't have a fit. It's not going to hurt you. And besides that, if you'll push the top on it and, and just feel to make sure it's a full filled out ear, you won't have that problem. Just another good tip for you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Y'all are so sweet. Everybody's so kind to me. Um, this lovely, lovely, lovely. Thank you. Y'all, are, y'all say the sweetest things. Look how pretty. Oh, my goodness. What gorgeous calla lilies, Randy. Those are beautiful. I do like calla lilies. It's one of those things. If you're if you're growing, for example, in one of the high tunnel gardens, and you've got it on your farm, or you've got it on your your flower farm, or your food farm, it comes from the NRCS folks. Beautiful, beautiful things. If you've got that, and you're not growing things like canna lilies, I think you're making a mistake. Calla, I'm sorry, calla lilies. I think you're making a mistake. We we have a lot of plants that we could grow here for cut flowers and just generally for amusement that we would have to do a, a little bit of protecting in terms of heavy rain, and that's certainly one of them. Um, ooh, cutting down the stalks today with corn going in the freezer. Yes, that's wonderful. Yay. It's a, it's a perfect day for all of these activities, and especially when we plant most of the time, the recommendations that come to us from the universities are correct in terms of their timing. But I got to tell you, corn's one of those things that the sooner the better. <laughs> That's not always true for everything else. Uh, good question, by the way, on the text line. Happy birthday. I'm not on the text line. On my text line, um, happy birthday. And uh, can I still plant corn? No. That's just a quick answer. You, you, it would be a struggle would be a struggle what about freezing on the cob without blanching i've done that now i can't i have to tell you that it was not as successful as blanching it but it was fine because i was going to cook it later into cream corn anyway or street corn or something you know it was going to get cooked not as a corn of ear to be munched on it was going to be cooked and then the corn taken off of it to use so i had good success with that i don't know about y'all 
Sure is nice. It's fun to grow corn. Um, the, the old timers used to say that if you stood out there at night, you could hear the corn growing. I believe that's true. I really do think that's one of those things that grows so fast that you, you can enjoy it um, in, on many levels. Well, I'm so into flowers. Why would you think there was anything that I think shouldn't bloom? Because we want the leaves. Mm-hmm. That's right. Coleus, basil, mint, catnip. Those are all things in the Lamiaceae, but overall running the mint family. They have square stems. Yeah, that's right. Go look. You'll see it. They have square stems, and they grow almost entirely at the same in the same way at the same pace they put out two leaves across the stem and then they grow up a couple little bit couple millimeters or so and put out a couple more and then they'll stretch a little bit more and put out some more and the next thing you know as those leaves are getting farther apart going up the stem not necessarily due to heat stress but sometimes due to that the flower will begin to try to appear if the flower appears and you let it bloom on basil, it's real pretty. It's also going to make the basil taste a lot sharper. It's not going to be sweet basil. It's going to be something else. It's, it's a different flavor at that point. It's like having old basil. It's kind of anise tasting, which is okay. It's just not fresh pesto basil. All right? It's different. Same thing happens with canna lilies, You'll um, with coleus. I don't know why I'm so obsessed with cannas today. Maybe because they're all in bloom. I haven't heard from anybody today about um, the, 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 any of the insects that bother them. So maybe everybody's are blooming as well as mine are. But anyway, there's a lot to be said for coleus, and they are pretty with flowers on them, but that's the end of it. There won't be any more leaves. They'll set seed, and those plants will be gone. But if you will keep, if you just keep those flowers plucked off in the same way that you would do on the basil or on the mint to keep it fresh, if you do that, you'll be able to continue to have more leaves, and that's what you want, of course. I do fertilize those things in the middle of the summer, but I use only um, a nitrogen fertilizer at that point because I don't want anything except leaves. Okay? Okay. Um, mm, what else was on here? Oh, night blooming cereus. Yeah, the night blooming cereus bloomed um, two blooms. I don't know if it's going to make seed pod yet, but there were bees working it that morning, so I'm hope I'm in hopes that I will. Um, well, Papa D, that looks nice. Pretty image, really pretty garden. My goodness, y'all are y'all are so busy. Y'all y'all make me look so lazy. I do I do a lot, but I do a lot in a very small area. <laughs> y'all have bigger, bigger, vaster spaces. So we're going to eat more avocados. I like that. And indeed, there are a lot of other things that people are doing research on. I believe as a result of so many people being home during the pandemic, we're seeing a lot more research into what people eat, when they eat, how many, you know, this whole thing of whether you fast um, part of the day or not, all these different things are being looked at. And I look forward to bringing you the results of some of those studies over the next several months because it's interesting stuff. There's, um, I realize not everything works for any one person, but the things that are showing to be pretty, pretty severely different than we expected them to be um, are things like, how long before you eat again? Do you, there, there's a theory of the four meals a day theory, so you eat small meals. There's also the theory that you only eat once a day, and you eat all you can right then. There's people studying all that again this year, I'm glad to say, and I will be keeping up with it for you. 
One of the things that we talk about all the time is how do we sequester enough carbon to keep temperatures from continuously going up any more than they're going to do naturally? How can we work to help abate the, some of these conditions. University of New Hampshire has been studying a practice known as silvopasture, which has actually been done in the South for a long time. It intentionally preserves trees in pastures where livestock graze because they need some shade. Hello? <laughs> you know this. We all There's so many things that the people study in other parts of the world uh, that, that we here in the South have been doing forever. We just need to talk louder about it sometimes. They compared the completely cleared treeless pasture to the integrated silvopasture and indeed lower levels of carbon dioxide and nitrous oxide and soil carbon, soil carbon storage remain the same and it offers a possible alternative for less carbon-related climate circumstances changing and the consequences being a little bit better if we can keep those trees in the pasture, not just for the shade. I have a feeling, though, that the cows appreciate the shade myself. Amanda's from Crawford. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Lovely, lovely Asiatic lilies blooming. Those are beautiful. Big old white things, gorgeous things. Now, if you're going to cut them and bring them into the vase, be sure that you take off the little the pollen pods because those will fall onto the petals and mark them and discolor them. So pluck those off before you bring them inside if you're going to do that. All righty. Well, Papa D and Pascagoula, nice pictures, and now you're on the phone. I like a man that multitasks. What's on your mind? Well, it's too much to text. Good morning, <laughs> Garden Mama. Papa D down here in North Pass, Christian, still lost in this prolific black sand. Yes, sir. Uh, We kept our butter beans. They're just unbelievable, our oakery, but we've tilled everything up. I sent you the picture. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It looks great. Accidentally, but my question is, I'm a gardener. I'm bumping 70 years old from, you know, Smith-Jones County, Mm -hmm. living down here. What's some suggestions the, for fall planting, when and what would you have? I mean, I know okay. the basic everything, mm-hmm. but we've got an awful heat, as you well know. Yeah, it's terrible right this minute. It is going to break. That's the good news. And sometimes, unfortunately, when it breaks, the next thing is there's a hurricane. So you're not looking at that right exactly. now. Exactly. You know, you're not looking Our at that storms. right this minute. Exactly. Right now, we're looking at a little bit of a break in the heat. And in fact, this is when. The, all the things that I learned in, in horticulture school in South Louisiana come to bear. Shade, shade, shade. And by that, I mean you got to put some temporary shade on squash, on beans, on... And then, of course, later on, we're going to start with our, our spring crops, squash and beans and whatnot, and then later we're going to go to broccoli. We'll probably still have to put some shade on that. Let's talk about it a little bit more, if you don't mind hanging on for me. We're going to take a little look, and then we'll carry on. This is Weekend Gardening. Carry on. Carry on. Don't cry, Look at where you've been Everybody knows You just need a friend Please, please, please Go down on your knees Carry on Carry on Your head is full of doubt You can't see it out Carry on 
think the teacher's asleep. Looks like he's dreaming. Man, I can't wait to hang up my team mascot. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's having a nightmare. No, this is just part of his lesson plan. He's trying to show us that calling Mississippi 811 before you dig is so easy, you can do it with your eyes closed. Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injuries. Some things are hard to ignore, like a bad toupee. The Mississippi Lottery's Mega Millions jackpot is one of the good things you should not ignore. It's big. We're talking massive. It's just $2 per play, and for an extra buck, you can add the Mega Plier for a chance to make your non-jackpot winnings really soar. What are you waiting for? Somebody's going to win it? Be somebody. Get your Mega Millions tickets today. Then buy that guy a new rug. Have fun, y'all. Gambling problem? Call 888-777-9696. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Celebrating our 40th anniversary at Cock of the Walk. Voted the best catfish in Mississippi with our grilled or fried catfish along with greens, coleslaw, and a skillet of our homemade cornbread. With locations on the Reservoir, Pocahontas, and one mile from the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, Tennessee. Catfish, hush puppies, and fried dill pickles. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. I like chicken. I like fish. I like hush puppies. I love it. Catfish is excellent. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Garden Mama here for Lakeland Yard and Garden. Now is the time to get yourself to Lakeland Yard and Garden for the largest selection of patio furniture, outdoor-indoor living areas, umbrellas, replacement cushions, and beautiful fountains and stepping stones. You'll even find Komodo Joe grills and collegiate gift items. The expert staff members at Lakeland Yard and Garden will be happy to guide you through their large nursery stock of bedding plants, perennials, tropicals, and more. While you're there, be sure to get your topsoil or mulch sold by the bag or in bulk. Lakeland Yard and Garden even offers local delivery. Lakeland Yard and Garden, growing your way and serving you for over 40 years. Stop by or call today, located at Lakeland Drive and Airport Road, 601-939-7304, online at lakelandyardandgarden.com. Listen to your garden mama now. It's Lakeland Yard and Garden Center for all your gardening needs and a whole lot more. This is Home Answers Radio, and my guest today is Trey Jackson of Bulldog Construction. Trey, if a business has uneven sidewalks, they're asking for trouble. Would you agree? Lynn, they are. It's a trip hazard and it needs to be fixed. Our foam technology can level those uneven walks without having to lay down any new concrete. Much easier and more affordable. Trey, my wife tripped over one of those and skinned her knee up. She was fortunate. Call Bulldog Construction at 601-853-4242. ESISupply.net. It's not if you're going to have a spill at your business or workplace, it's when. ESISupply.net. Exorbent pads by the bundle or roll. ESISupply.net. Net boom products, oil gator, oil dry, spill kits, and much more. ESISupply.net. Take it from Scary Gary. If it can spill, it's gonna. ESI Supply, 601-933-4910. That's 601-933-4910 or online at ESISupply.net. I tend to second-guess dinners with friends because they're often interrupted by diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or oily stools. It turns out I have EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which means I'm missing the enzymes needed to digest food. My doctor prescribed Creon, pancrelipase, an oral prescription medication that replaces pancreatic digestive enzymes. Creon treats EPI due to cystic fibrosis, chronic pancreatitis, pancreatectomy, or other conditions. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosing colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Tell your doctor if you have a history of intestinal blockage or scarring or thickening of your bowel wall. 
if you're allergic to pork or if you have gout, kidney problems, or worsening of painful swollen joints. Call your doctor if you have any unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions. Take Creon as directed by your doctor and always with food. Do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation. Other side effects may include blood sugar changes, gas, dizziness, sore throat, and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Creon is the number one prescribed EPI treatment. Ask your doctor about Creon for EPI and visit Creon.com or call 800-633-9110 to learn more. That's C-R-E-O-N.com. Having a text line has changed radio intensely. Not only does it mean that I have to speak and pretend to be your voice sometimes, but it also leads to all of these, what we, we, we used to call sidebar conversations that only happen during the break. Well, these are happening all the time. Who's your favorite beetle? What's your favorite bean? You know, all these things going on at once. So I have to tell you, as I try to do every week, This is the greatest joy of my week, is to be here with you on Saturdays and whenever you're listening to to know that you're there paying attention, being a better gardener, and maybe, you know, I hope you're going to at least learn something or get at least a good laugh out of the morning when you spend a little time with your garden mama. It is a great privilege. It's a tremendous pleasure, and I never, ever, ever take it for granted. Back to Papa D now from Pascagoula. We were talking about this. I've been writing to him on his picture and at the same time <laughs> having a conversation on the phone. This is great. Do you? Did, would it make any sense what I said? We're going to start with the spring crops first, and then at the same time you're doing that, you're going to be seeding things like broccoli and cabbage that you're going to plant next month. Now, the good news is, on the coast, you got a bigger window than the rest of us. So if it is just too hot to fool with any of this, start your some squash seeds and put them in the garden in August if you want to. It, y'all have a little more flexibility. That was the big question. That was mm-hmm. my thinking to start in, mm-hmm. in, in little pots, what mm-hmm. I want to do and wait till this subsides. Yep, you have a lot this more flexibility so than the rest more- of us. Well, that's what I'm not used to. I'm a gardener, <laughs> but I'm in a different land. <laughs> but my, I've got to ask my wife's question here. Sure. We we bought this property that had some very old blueberries. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean very old. And I'm not a horticulturist by, by teaching. I'm a horticulturist by just loving plants. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> when does she prune? Because we're talking a very old material. I'm, I'm guessing... Easily 50 years old and probably 70, 80-year-old blueberries. If that is it's the case, unbelievable. Well, if that's the case, they probably need to be listed in some registry somewhere because that's a long life for a blueberry plant. So, well, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm not doubting it. I'm not doubting it. I'm just saying when they get happy, I have no idea. When they get happy, they get happy. I, I have one that has been bearing for more than ten years, and I'm, I'm telling you, that's that's prime time. You know, blueberries are not short lived, but at the same time, I don't want you to prune a whole lot at one time. But the time to prune them is right after the picking is finished, which is obviously now. Um, and, and if you, you can take it down by as much as a third of the overall size of that tree, but I would stick to a quarter. That's about how much I take off of my old ones, and they never fail to come back. Mine would be, mine are tall, and I don't mind that the birds get the ones in the very top 
of one of the plants. But I do have to make sure it continues to make all the way down, you know, so that I get them too. And as a result of that, I do get on the ladder. I know my children have a fit if they heard that, but I get on the ladder and I prune the top of it just a little bit so that it's not going to ever be 20 feet tall. It's only about 12 or 13 or 14. <laughs> And I maintain well, it at that level. Question. The other ones are shorter. I keep the other the ones shorter, qu- but that one's for the birds. The, la- the the last question would be simply this. So what we used to call just here and there pruning and not the entire plant would probably be safer? Well, it depends on how it's growing. If it's growing, for instance, if one side's if one side's making all the blueberries and the other side wasn't, I would say to do that. But I would, since it hasn't been pruned, I would rather see you prune the whole thing, but just a little bit. Hmm. Well, thank you for what sure. you do, and we tell her enjoy. tell her I really appreciate her keeping up with those old blueberry bushes. I think that's some of the most fun in the world. I'm I'm a blueberry girl. As soon as I started finding them in my life, I, I began to love them. So y'all well, take these care are of them. Fantastic. That's, that's great. why she's being cautious, and good. she's I a understand. cautious pruner, pruner. So well, she'll do good with it. Take them down by a little bit. Add a new, a fresh level, a layer under the base of them of compost manure. Put the mulch back on top, and they'll be happy again next year. No problem. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Talk to y'all soon. I love it when people have both people garden, and you get to hear both people's perspectives. That's really fun. Let's see. Erica's in Raymond, and what are we moving, Erica? What's on your mind? Well, I had a tree that was cut down because it was dead, and it landed on top of my amaryllos. So I'm trying to see if I can dig them up and relocate them now, or do I need to wait until the spring? Actually, if you'd wait until late fall, it would probably be plenty of time. Do they have leaves on them now? They did before the tree got them. Okay, yes. and, but they but they actually have lost their leaves? Yes. Okay, in that case, go ahead and dig them up and put them where you want. Because they need to get okay. resettled and start growing again. If you if they okay. had a few leaves on them, I'd say move them in the fall. They'll be fine. But since they've lost they've lost their hats, <laughs> it's time to let them grow some okay. new ones. Okay. okay. I, I hope the tree was okay. Thank it didn't hit anything else, did it? No, it didn't. Well, no, good. Didn't. That's good. Okay. Take care. Thank, thank you. Thank you. So- sure. Thank you very much. That's hard. Sometimes when a tree falls, nothing bad happens. Sometimes when a tree falls, everything bad happens. And you just have to pay more attention to where it's going to fall, I'm afraid, sometimes. <laughs> Once in a while, it's a it's a challenge. I've got one that did fall over, and it made a beautiful planter, but not that doesn't always happen. This has been an absolutely magnificent day with y'all today. And because I'm kind of in a good mood, yeah, that's right. I made another orbit around the sun, starting another one today. In fact, um, since I was born at 1130 in the morning, it's getting very, very close to that exact time when that new orbit starts. University of Cambridge, though, is bringing us some info that we really, really do need to know. Have you, have you had frogs and toads in your life for very long? Have you always had frogs? Have you always had toads? I have tree frogs in my yard every summer. They're so loud. They're actually arguing with the cicadas. The fight and the crickets all together, you go outside, it's deafening. My cats just sit and stare. They don't try to get after anything. They just look at all of that, and the trees basically just move. The cardinals are back in. All of these things are happening. But my one little toad that has been there, I think, my entire time of being there is still out underneath 
the canna lily. Between the canna lily and the fig tree, this is where this creature lives and always has. And it's absolutely delightful, really fun stuff. I've never seen him climb a tree. And in the U.K., we've now got tree-climbing toads. What? That's right. Thank goodness we've got citizen scientists. We've got some volunteers to get out there and look around at this, and enough of them have seen it that it's not just they bring back the report and people go, uh-huh, sure. No, this is actually happening. They've been survive, surveying um, bats in trees and dormice, which are two of the things that they do try to keep up with in the British landscape, okay? Until now, common toads were always thought to be terrestrial. The highest toad in this study was more than three meters up the tree. Good heavens, they may even be going higher. Now, this is, of course, this leads us to wonder why, because there's not a frog tree study. There's a bat tree habitat project. That's what, why these they found all these things. There's also the National Dormouse Monitoring Program, <laughs> in case you didn't know about that. I say, I need to start looking in my trees. Maybe you do, too. Whatever else you're doing this week, I hope it'll be a good one. Remember, watch out for the rain and water, even if it doesn't, particularly if you're growing in containers, or even if it does. If it doesn't rain much, your trees may get all of it. I appreciate all your attention today, and thank you for all the wonderful birthday wishes. I'm Garden Mama, and I'll be right here next week for more Weekend Gardening. Weekend Gardening with the Garden Mama is a production of South Communication. sounds so good you can almost taste it like bluebell strawberry lemonade ice cream delicious strawberry ice cream swirled with lemonade sherbet and sprinkled with lemon flavored flakes it's better than you can imagine the good old days are being cream at your local grocer and pick up your favorite flavor today. At Gateway Rescue Mission, we feed hungry people. We offer shelter to people seeking life change. And we serve as sort of a beacon of hope that says, hey, God cares for you. I'm Rex Baker. Rescue Mission work is not glamorous, but we do see lives changed. Check us out at gatewaymission.org Find out how you can get involved and join God at work here in Jackson and at Gateway Rescue Mission. Here at the Almond Joy Factory, where tropical vibes abound, we use soft, fresh-tasting coconut. The crunchiest almonds and delicious chocolate candy. Ah, but do you know what our most important ingredient is? Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. Almond. 
Almond Joy's got nuts and something even way better than that. Yes, Almond Joy is made with almonds and joy. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.